Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 24th, 2020. Today we're reading from the big book in the doctor's opinion, page XXXI, the first paragraph, um, what is the solution, reading through two paragraphs. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Naomi B., For the 12 Traditions, Ilana P. And reading the text are Crystal P. and Nancy P. The reference number for Sunday, August 23rd, 2020, is 15,205. That's 15205. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, and we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philly. One, we admitted we are powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, excuse me, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Naomi. Okay, I will now ask Ilana P. to read the 12 traditions. Yes, this is Ilana P. Good morning, everyone. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Ilana. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page XXXI, um, the first paragraph reading through two paragraphs, um, ending with no return to alcohol. And we'll comment on both. And I will ask Crystal P to begin reading. Hi, good morning, Crystal P, compulsive overeater in Toronto. What is the solution? Perhaps I can best answer this by relating one of my experiences. About one year prior to this experience, a man was brought in to be treated for chronic alcoholism. He had but partially recovered from a gastric hemorrhage and seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration. He had lost everything worthwhile in life and was only living one might say to drink. He frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. Following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. He accepted the plan outlined in this program. One year later, he called to see me and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partly recognized his features, but there all resemblance ended. From a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. I talked with him for some time, but was not able to bring myself to feel that I had known him before. To me, he was a stranger, so he left me. A long time has passed with no return to alcohol. Um, 
Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is uh, Crystal P from Toronto, a recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, what really stood out at me today was this this whole line about being unrecognizable. This starting from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck, and from there emerging into a self-reliant and content human being. And that has been my journey with this program because before program, and even when I just put down the food, it's exactly what I was. I was filled with fear. I was terrified of everything. Um, you know, I was I was so afraid that other people were out to get me that I had to protect myself from them. I was petrified of any kind of pain. I I was a doctor's worst nightmare. I couldn't like couldn't do a shot, couldn't go to the dentist, couldn't do anything because I was so terrified of pain. I couldn't make a single decision on my own. I needed somebody else to pick out everything for me, any tiny purchase, any mini decision because oh my gosh, what if I make a mistake and it's all my fault and I and I ruin everything. You know, um, fear is such a poison. It just infiltrates every aspect of my being. It distorts my vision. Like I actually can look at objective facts and see them completely differently through the eyes of fear. Uh, and what I found is that in fear, all I see are problems. Everything is a problem. Everything is a catastrophe. No wonder I was a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck, especially when I put down the food because then I had nothing to like, Nothing in between me and all of us here. And after accepting the plan outlined by this book, which means I'm working the steps like my life depends on it, today, like two and a half years later, I'm, I'm, I'm so much more free. Every day I'm a little less afraid than the day before. I, I trust myself now. I'm, I make decisions on my own without other people, things that are big decisions for me. And I trust that with God I will make the right decisions. I can trust other people, like even just things like contractors in my home. I'm not afraid of anyone. Like I'm not afraid of my family because they can't hurt me no matter what they do. God is already protecting me. I don't need to protect myself, you know, and um, I'm not afraid of God anymore. I used to always think that, you know, if I show God that I like something, he'll take it away from me. And today that, that image of God has just been changed. And I know that God give, doesn't take things away from me. God gives me things I didn't even know I wanted. And more importantly, what I realized is my vision is fixed. All those problems that I had, I don't even have to ask God to remove them because what has been shown to me is that they weren't even problems in the first place. I was manufacturing my own misery the whole time. I was asking God to remove problems that didn't exist. And today, like that's the source of my freedom and contentment is being able to see reality for what it is, which is seeing life through God's eyes, not my fear-filled eyes. So I'm so grateful. What a miracle this program is. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much for getting us started, Crystal. And so if you just joined us, we're on page XXXI in the doctor's opinion. What is the solution? Reading through has passed with no return to alcohol. Comments on both paragraphs. And though we, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that other might, others might have um, shared their experience. So who would like to comment? Charles H. Pauline from New York. Pauline T. Charles H. Pauline T. Rick J. Martha O. in Vancouver. Teresa P. Gwen H. Okay. That was Gwen H. Is that what you said? Yeah. 
Okay. I'm Charles H., Pauline, Rick J., Martha O., I think, Teresa P., and Gwen H. Anyone else in this lineup? Philomena M. Okay. We'll stop there. Okay. Let's go ahead with Charles H., followed by Pauline. Thank you, moderator, for your service. Uh, I'm just so grateful for for this promise uh, in a doctor's opinion. Uh, they won't resemble they. Star one, Star Charles. one Charles. Okay. Thank you, moderators, with a capital S. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I I, I just I, I'm just so grateful for. Uh, the re, they won't resemble, they won't know what you look like. But if you would have seen me an hour earlier, like they don't know what, what, what I look like, right? Like I, I just don't stress sucker shit no more. And um, I'm so grateful, right? I had to step back, right, and to get a different perspective and now I could dip my foot back in. I don't know if y'all know what, I, what I'm saying, but like uh, after I accept, right? Like I accept the, the solution that's in this book. I can, I can, uh, I can really relate that, you know, I'm sick. <laughs> we, we get well and I stay sick. Um, you know, shout out, shout out to the leaders, man. I'm telling you, you don't know what it is to be a leader if you, unless you're a leader. And, um, I'm grateful for opposition. I'm grateful for everything, you know, because prior to, I would be like, I'm going to meet you at a convention and do you dirty. But, but I stepped back and I'm like, you know what? There's sickness in, in I, and there's recovery in we. So I'm going to pass with that. Thank you so much, Charles. Okay, Pauline, you're up, followed by Rick. I think it was Rick J. Pauline Star One, and if we could have the initial of your last name. Pauline T. from New York. Thank you. Thank you, Pauline. I, um, I came into OA 46 years ago, and um, now I'm 77 years old. I look better today than I did back then. And it wasn't just a weight loss because I did not come in with weight. I was hypoglycemic and um, hospitalized a number of times, but I couldn't stay away from the carbs. Um, But uh, there is an emotional um, abstinence that makes me younger than I was at the age I came in, my early 30s. Everything is lighter. I came into vision approximately three and a half weeks ago. I got a sponsor. I could not, uh, I was not willing to let go of carbs entirely. Little things that had sugar in it, I felt, were not disturbing me. Um, And then I went on a binge approximately another week later, and a friend of mine who had gone into FA, Food Addicts Anonymous, took me on, 
But my endocrinologist had told me very many years ago a certain way to eat, and that is not compatible with F.A. So she let go of me. So here I am around the third time uh, seeking a sponsor, and in God's will, the two sponsors that kept me um, the past three and a half months brought me along. There is no one person that has done anything entirely. It is God that does the entirety of our um, recovered status. Today, I feel recovered. Um, I'm, I don't have a lot of weight to lose physically, but mentally, I have a little bit more, but a lot has just drifted away since I have abstained totally from carbs. I pass. Thank you so much, Pauline T. And Rick J., you're followed by Martha. Good morning. This is Rick J. from North Carolina. I am a compulsive overeater, recovered but not cured. I love this uh, these sentences here that uh, has been mentioned already. You know, you know, he accepted the plan outlined in this book, and uh, you know, and then so Dr. Silkworth is seeing a transformation that's taken place uh, this from a spiritual awakening uh, that that this person has experienced. And, you know, the promises that we read all throughout this book as we go through the steps, you know, um, we we begin to be transformed. We have a spiritual awakening. You know, we uh, we have a new freedom and a new happiness, you know, and all those step nine promises that follow that, you know, to sort of uh, expand a little on what that new freedom and new happiness actually looks like. The problem has been removed. We have received a new... Uh, neutrality around food, like we we hear in Step Ten promises, and you know, and I mean, all of them, all these promises, you know, have been coming true for this guy, you know. And um, I I just think about my own personal journey, and I look at the pictures of me, you know, and and I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm overweight, and I'm bloated, and and my eyes have this just sort of dead look, you know. I'm just disengaged, I'm disconnected, even surrounded by people who love me. I'm just I'm just there, you know, and I'm not I'm not engaged, you know, I'm just lost. I'm sick, you know, and I feel all alone and I feel hopeless and and now I don't feel that way, you know, and I'm I'm connected, I feel love, I feel strength, inspiration, direction. You know, and I, I keep doing this one day at a time, and, you know, and I'm transforming myself, you know, and I just love that Dr. Silkworth came face-to-face with someone who had that that complete transformation, you know, from a spiritual awakening, and, and that's what I want. That's what I just do one day at a time is I just keep doing this. You know, I put down the food, and now I'm I'm working the steps, and I'm staying connected to my higher power because I want that transformation to keep happening. I don't want it to ever stop. And what a gift it doesn't have to. I just keep doing it. So uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Okay, now it's Martha, I believe, O, followed by Teresa P. Star one, Martha? Oh, can can you hear me? Okay, go ahead. 
Yes, I can. Oh, hi. Uh, this is uh, Martha O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic in Vancouver, Canada. And this is my first time sharing on this line. I'm just feeling really emotional because I just finished um, my steps and I'm coming back from a horrible, horrible relapse today. I have, I feel fully recovered and I have 80 days of abstinence from the most terrifying kind of construct, destructive eating and bulimia. Um, this, and I, I'm wide awake, even though it's like 4 a.m. out here. It, it just, the moment of recovery felt so powerful that I, I just woke up and it feels like Christmas, which is weird because I'm Jewish. <laughs> but it's just this feeling of so much excitement. And um, I, this reading is so perfect because, you know, just, um, uh, you know, 80 days ago, I was, I probably had something close to a gastric hemorrhage. I was definitely a case of pathological mental deterioration. I had lost, I had burned in a few months of relapse in COVID, had burned down so much of my life. Um, and for some reason, there seems to be no permanent injury. I connected with an amazing, amazing sponsor on this line, on Vision Line. And I followed the plan outlined in this book, or she took me through it. And I can say today, I have a very strange sensation. And to me, it's like a resemblance has ended. I was a trembling, despairing wreck. And I feel so full of confidence and contentment today. And I just wanted to quickly share one thing. As I was finishing a lot of writing for Step 12 and doing the reading, a woman I've connected with on the East Coast um, through this line as well, um, she caught she like started texting me it was it was almost midnight here and I've always been wondering why we're we're close we've connected even though because I'm a night owl on the west coast and she's an early riser on the east coast and it turned out I was able to help her as I was working on step 12 it was a form of step 12 and she was able to help me get over the line to finish my steps and that's how God works in my life now every single thing I need is just handed to me without me trying so hard. And I'm just so, so grateful to this line, to the people that it has brought into my life and to just this, this experience of recovery. And I can't wait to start sharing it. And I'm just so grateful to everybody who does service to make this possible. And I, I thank you, I thank you. Um, I am so, just so, so grateful. And I, I hope everyone can find here what I have and I'm ready to give it away. So. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Martha. Okay, Teresa P., you're up, followed by Gwen H. Hi, this is Teresa P., and I'm a grateful member of um, Overeaters Anonymous and recovered, and what a beautiful world. And uh, I do remember that uh, despair. I, I came into program. I called myself the walking dead. It was so true, so, so painful. I mean, I'd shut down on everything, but you know, the, the pain never really goes away. The joy goes, uh, the happiness goes, the peace goes, the health goes, but the pain stays, the despair stays, the terrible fear stays. And, you know, and I was just, just, just walking with, you know, this terrible you know, despair, and nothing was working. And, you know, I prayed to God. I went to church. What's wrong? You know, and uh, I couldn't trust anybody or anything. And then I, then I did get into program, and 
and, and I, I got into another 12-step program, and I heard a, a person I knew she was going to go to Overeaters Anonymous, and I had never heard of Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, what's that? But I knew program worked, and so I, I we went to my first meeting, and you know, and that was 25 years ago, and it was, you know, such a joy and such a change, and the change came to, into my life. I went you know, from the walking dead to, you know, a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I didn't do everything perfectly or a lot of times even good, but I did keep coming back and I did do the best I, I I did what I could do. And, and that, you know, that the joy that's come into my life and has been tremendous. The changes have been tremendous. The, The greatest change has in me, in Realizing, you know, what I can, what what is inside me has come from uh, when I joined Vision three years ago and started really working the steps, you know, according to the big book. And not realizing that all my life, you know, I had been looking for, you know, the life plan. Okay, you know, where is it? Everybody's got the life plan. I don't have it. Well, it's in the book. And, uh, you know, and it sh- it shows me, you know, how I can do life and how I can really connect up with God. You know, he didn't leave. He was always there. I just couldn't connect because, you know, I, I chose not to. I mean, well, maybe choosing isn't the correct word. I was... Um, Dragged it, dragged to hell with the disease, and you know. But God came looking for me and provided everything that I needed, and still does. And you know, I I still have difficulties and problems. And time, please. I, and uh, thank you. And I get to remember that I'm not alone. God is always there, and I see Him now. He has the plan revealed to me you know, through programs. So thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you so much, Teresa. Okay, Gwen H., you're up, followed by Philomena. Hi, good morning. This is Gwen H. in Minnesota, um, compulsive overeater. And uh, when I read the uh, reading this morning, um, what kind of caught my eye was that the doctor was talking about how this man was brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. And from my recent uh, step work, and uh, I believe it was step three, is that self-reliance is not something that we can count on. And, um, And then I noticed that, you know, this is the doctor's opinion. And then I had to look up the word opinion and it's a belief or judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. So the doctor is not certain what is going on or he has no, he doesn't have the medical um, grounds to be absolutely certain what's going on here. But the physicians, you know, from the previous reading on Friday, their general opinion, they're forming a general opinion that everyone is hopeless. Um, But we in the program, we know that it is not self-reliance that 
is our solution. And it is a higher power or God reliance that is our solution. And, you know, as time goes on, the medical community, they, they, they don't have a way to produce complete certainty on this. They can't say that it's a certainty. So all they can say is that this is their opinion. But we on the receiving end of this fabulous program, we know the truth and that our reliance on our higher power is the solution. And I just am really grateful to be here and thank you for letting me share and that'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Gwen. Okay, Philomena, you're up, followed by a new lineup. Hello, thank you so much for your service. I'm Philomena. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Carrickfergus um, in Northern Ireland. Um, I was I a chronic compulsive uh, overeater? Yes, definitely. Uh, Fifty-two years of it, in fact. When I first came in in 2012, I did I live only to eat? Yes, for sure. I really didn't know who I would be, what would be my identity without the sugar, without the chocolate. Someone at the first meeting looked at me in my eyes, in the eyes and told me that. The day would come when I wouldn't want chocolate, and I thought she was mad. I thought it maybe happened for them, but there's no way that was ever going to happen for me. But it did. I was working in the kitchen and realised that, that there was a bar of chocolate in front of me, and I had no more interest in it. I couldn't wait to get to the meeting to tell people about this miracle. However, after a year and a half, I got cocky and stopped working the steps. Thought I had it, but I had nothing. It was only my hair power, and I needed the daily, you know, reprieve. So I had five and a half years of relapsing, and that was pretty grim. Last September, I heard of a vision for you. I got a sponsor, and the food had beaten me into a state of reasonableness. And the set aside prayer really helped me to realize I needed a new experience, and I needed, you know, to be quiet and to be teachable. I put down the food, I put down every ingredient of sugar in my food and that has made all the difference. It has been amazing. I've gone from 231 pounds, 16 and a half stone. Um, I, I still a way to go. Um, at three and a half stone down, that's 49 pounds released. My knees are happier. I don't now need the bath aid that I had. I was doubly incontinent and that is you know, just pretty well, nearly all sorted. No more adult diapers. Hallelujah. I can look myself in the mirror and not hate myself. I do service. I pray and meditate each day. I live in steps 10 to 12. And two close members have seen what has happened to me and they are now on a vision for you as well. I love my life. I love me. I love you. And miracles, I trust me and others, and higher power. Somebody in this program said we don't believe that higher power wants us to live in fear, even the fear of going back into the food, because we know higher power is there, and we know where to go with that. And I just love that idea. Thank you all so very much, and with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you so much, Phil M. And now, um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And if you just joined us, we're on page XXXI, reading the first two paragraphs, what is the solution, ending with, with no return to alcohol, and commenting on those paragraphs, please. Who would like to share? Yvette L. Melissa C. Okay, Yvette L. Ginger. Melissa C. Ginger C. Ginger C. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Matt F. Matt F. There was a woman I did not hear. Julie B. Julie B. Okay. Anyone else? We have room for a couple, three more. Okay, well, let's go with this lineup. Yvette L., Melissa C., Ginger Sorry, C., Sorry, what Matt is the paragraph on that page? Bernadette Okay, Bernadette H. And we're on page XXXI, the first two paragraphs, what is the solution? Reading through no return to alcohol. Go ahead, please, Yvette L., followed by Melissa C. Good morning. My name is Yvette L., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New Britain, Connecticut. Um, I love this uh, these paragraphs, some really, really powerful stuff. I mean, well, it's all powerful stuff. Um, I was at a uh, local uh, meeting last night, and um, I was so reminded um, by a newcomer that shared of what a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck I was uh, when I first walked into these rooms a long time ago. Um, and I'm so glad I, um, that I um, could could remember uh, what I was like uh, when I first walked into these rooms, because that is, you know, gratefully uh, not the person that my higher power has turned me into today. Um, so I do have... Um, contentment and um you know i have a life that's beyond anything i could have imagined for myself um but it took um accepting the plan outlined in this book and that's one of the uh lines that i have highlighted um when i got this new big book and set aside all the ideas that i thought i knew uh because it was getting me nowhere um and uh when i really followed the plan outlined in this book um my life is transformed, and I am so grateful um, that I never left. Um, gratefully, I never left these rooms. Um, you know, that was a message I got early on, um, just keep coming back no matter what. Um, you know, there was no exception to that, just keep coming back. Um, so it took me a long, long, long time um, after relapse to fully surrender. Um, it's even harder, um, you know, if if I thought, you know, I was a chronic relapser, so it was much harder um, in my experience to reach that point of full surrender. Um, but in that full surrender, um, letting go of what I thought I knew about recovery and rereading this information with a fresh set of eyes um, and a brand new highlighter, um, uh, I was it was easier to see um, clearly. Uh, the greater aspect of my disease is uh, the mental twist, and um, so grateful that 
Um, I can keep trudging this road with all of my fellows. Um, it's a pretty amazing life. It's not easy. And it doesn't say anywhere in this book that it's going to be easy, but I do have a design for living that works um, 100% of the time if I work it 100% of the time. Uh, so I'm so grateful that I continue to trudge and so glad to be on the line. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Yvette. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Ginger C. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much, Katie, for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, um, you know, I just I love that the description um, isn't just a physical deterioration in the beginning. It, it talks about that pathological mental deterioration. And um, for me, that was the crushing blow because um, I always prided myself on my mental abilities. I always thought I was like, you know, super smart. Underneath this trembling, uh, you know, fearful woman, I really thought that I was so bright and um, and knew everything. And I didn't really even know that I was that scared. Um, and the, the incredible blessing for me was that I reached a point where the food stopped working and I could not eat enough to quiet my fears. And, um, you know, so I came um, into OA from, from my last relapse um, a number of years ago, I was that trembling, nervous wreck. And, um, you know, I was owned by anxiety and fear. Um, my bottom was driving in my car, suffering, like, extreme and debilitating panic, you know, and, and, and anxiety. And it was it was beginning to impact my life beyond just being you know, that, I was now terrified to drive. And, you know, I I struggled to make eye contact. And, you know, I, I, I can't help but remember, like, when my dad years ago was diagnosed with cancer, um, my, my mother and my brothers kept it from me because I was um, – they didn't want to upset me, you know. And because I was just that self-absorbed that people who were stricken with, with their own grief could not bring that to me. And, you know, so this is a description of transformation because I I no longer look like that woman, but I no longer resemble anything like that woman. Today, um, you know, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't suffer from crippling fear. I can make eye contact. And... Thank God, you know, if problems arise in my family, I'm not somebody that anybody has to keep things from for fear of upsetting me. You know, I'm actually able to be useful. And that's that's what this program is really about. It's not just um, getting to wear smaller size clothes, but actually getting to be the person God intended us to be. And how does that happen? you know, complete accepting the plan outlined in this book, not picking and choosing the things you like, you know, for me, but accepting it, doing all of it thoroughly, intensively, and living the principles. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Ginger C., you're up, followed by Matt F. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And I just love this one sentence. Um, He accepted the plan outlined in this book. And I was just looking up the word acceptance. 
or accepted, and it says to receive something offered willingly. And that's exactly what he did. He got busy. He got better. He followed these clear-cut directions. And here he stands with confidence, no longer this nervous wreck. And like Melissa just so beautifully highlighted, I think all of us as addicts have this nervous disposition, this fear, this evil and corroding thread. And I know for me, I was plagued with it since birth. I think I came out afraid. And I did not know how to live life on life's terms. How do we even be in this world? How can I stay in my skin? And then as a young child, I'm running to Howard Johnson's for two scoops of chocolate ice cream with two pennies in my little panties and nothing else, no barefoot and everything, half block, half mile from my house. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, there was an effect there. I found ease and comfort in that ice cream. I learned how to cope through food. And thank God that this pain presses in and presses on, and over time, it does get worse. It never gets better. And then I finally did the most important step. I finally conceded to my innermost self that I'm screwed if I keep eating. But again, this is the miracle of this work. By accepting this practical program of action, and first and foremost, really saying goodbye to the food, having that funeral, saying goodbye in a way you probably never said goodbye before. Because then you get power between you and the food. So when that crazy-ass thought comes back that, oh, wow, maybe you need some food today to help you cope with this pain that you're in, you realize how insane that thought is. You've recovered. You no longer see food as a solution. You know your most important thing is this conscious context. Where is God? Where is my power? Because without power, I'm screwed. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger. Okay, next we'll have Matt F. followed by Julie D. Good morning. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Matt F. in Kentucky. Um, I'm, uh, what struck me this morning was uh, I knew the man by name and partly recognized his features, but there all resemblance ended. So uh, my daughter is 19. She has not lived with me full time since her mom and I split up in 2015. And she's living with me now. She arrived on Saturday evening. And I realized it's 18 months tomorrow that I got abstinent. Today was the day that I was driving after taking my daughter to visit my grandmother and, uh, and stumbled into Laurie C's big book step study and realized that uh, I was a compulsive overeater. Um, some heard my story, I was not looking for it. I was doing research for my job. What strikes me is that last night, uh, she and I, uh, she wanted to get takeout from a restaurant and so we did. And it took an hour for the food to come out from the restaurant. Uh, at the curbside service. It's this little barbecue place. You know, I don't even know if they take credit cards. And uh, as we were sitting, I became aware that my old pattern would have been to be enraged, to be angry at my daughter for asking 
to get takeout, to be angry at the restaurant for taking so long, to be angry at the people who are also waiting for their food, who are playing music really loud, to be angry and resentful. And I wasn't. I just sat with equanimity, dozed a little bit, talked with my daughter a little bit. And I realized that the reason why I am able to, I wouldn't say I brim over with self-reliance and contentment, but I do go forth into every day so much less afraid of being afraid and so much more certain that no matter what happens, I now have a framework and a scaffolding to enable me to maintain my serenity in the face of calamity, whether that calamity is waiting an hour for our food or something much, much worse. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's been, it's been a wonderful 18-month journey toward that place of contentment. And I'm very grateful to everyone on this line and everyone who does service for this call because it was instrumental in that path for me. I pass. Thank you, Matt. Okay, Julie B., you're up, followed by Bernadette H. Hi, this is Julie B. in Boston. I am a compulsive overeater recovered today. Um, this is my first time sharing on this meeting. Um, I, um, I was directed to a vision for you 161 days ago when I hit what I hope is my last bottom um, and almost ended up in the hospital. Lost to Joy, star one. Sorry. Um, I'm Julie. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today in Boston. Um, I am very grateful for this meeting. It's my first time sharing on this line. I'm grateful that I already had a higher power I found in another 12-step fellowship and that when I hit a bottom 161 days ago, um, I reached out to a couple women I knew in OA, and one of them directed me here. And I've been working the steps like my life depends on it, because it does, um, for the last four months. And um, I'm just very grateful. I, I might look the same as I did four months ago on the outside. Uh, weight isn't an issue for me. I have a lot of medical conditions, and I almost ended up in the hospital with my last about um, with uh, sugar in particular, but, um, but I am not the same person that I was four months ago. I've grown more in four months with a vision for you and the 12 steps and being absent than, um, than I did in multiple years um, before. Um, I've made amends um, to family members, and um, I'm just really, really, really grateful. And I want to remember um, where I was at. I want to remember the desperation. I want to remember the way that man was described in the book, that that's who I was um, with food, and that's not who I am today. And um, thank you very much. Thank you, Julie. Okay, Bernadette, it's your turn. Bernadette H, star one, please. 
Hi, this is Bernadette H. I've been in OA over 31 years, and the reading really struck me. I thought, I'll just take my walk. I really don't need to share, but it struck me because I thought, I don't know that there's been a lot of change in me, but, you know, I have grown children, one still in college, one late 30s, one in recovery, college student is not, but, you know, it's... I I remember myself at that age. I was so into the disease in college and, you know, making changes here, making changes there. This will fix me. This will work. I'll start biking. I'll do this. I'll do that. And it was all about me. And, you know, I have the life today that I never thought I'd have, and it's because, you know, I'm in a program of recovery. I don't do it perfectly. I get judgmental at times with this, particularly those in my family who are in the disease. And, you know, I just have to remember how bad I was when I was in the disease. And nobody could have told me to get recovery. I, you know, if they did, I never heard it. I never heard of OA when I was in college. I was in college in the late 70s. Somebody may have said it to me. I don't know. But, you know, that's... Until you're ready, you're not going to hear it. And, you know, I I was with family last night, and a lot of us are in recovery, other programs, and I was like, my God, I was such a mess in college and after that. And, you know, I was thinking, not that I'm so great now, but thank God I don't have to live that way. And probably people from college wouldn't recognize me today the way I am. And I thought of what that doctor said, you know, in the reading. He thought he knew the man, but there was no resemblance other than the name. He did not recognize him. And I, you know, I just have to pray for willingness to be patient with my college-age son who's so in the disease and angry. And it's hard to watch. I mean, he knows where I go, but until you're ready, you're not going to do it. And someone shared with me, a young man, he said, you know, when people would talk about the physical with me, my health, it's just being judgmental. So I thank you all for this call. It's good to share, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, um, Bernadette. And so we have five more minutes, so if two people want to share for two and a half minutes each, that would be awesome. We're on page XXXI, the first two paragraphs. Brooke D. Brooke D. One more. Terry K. Okay, Terry K. Okay, go ahead, Brooke. You have two minutes, please. Good morning, Brooke, um, compulsive overeater, and um, thank you for this opportunity to, um, I guess, to share. But uh, because I rare, I normally just get on for recorded versions, so um, I always get so many reminders. Um, I've been in the program over three years, and um, I guess when I speak from my experience, strength, and hope, I go back to um, thank God I just, you know, keep coming back, keep coming back. I, you know, you don't know where you are. I feel like I didn't really know where I was in the program. I was only where I was. 
um, and I look back in retrospect and I can see the differences. I think I did a lot of um, comparing in the beginning and I've learned through tradition one and other things to identify and not compare. Um, and I, you know, follow the big book, but, you know, not a hundred percent. There were certain things that, you know, I just was not willing to do. Did I change and recover over the years? I certainly did. I'm not 180% different. However, um, I think that, um, you know, step 12 is key as well. And I started sponsoring, um, somebody in the beginning of July and I began to really identify with this person and um, understood. I said, that's me. That's me. Oh my gosh. So I um, encouraged her to, you know, put down the, the sugar and the flour and, you know, just, just until she got some clarity, just to see, you know, that maybe you, she'd be thinking differently and I said to myself, well, Brooke, why don't you put it down too? <laughs> oh, my gosh, because I was just hanging on to that little bit. And I put it down. And since July 7th, I, I will tell you, it has been a completely new beginning. And I'm 100% in now and looking forward to new beginnings. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. And I have Terry Kay next. Did I hear Terry Kay or was it Surrey? It's Surrey Kay. Okay, go ahead, Surrey Kay. Thank you. Sorry. Hi. That's okay. Hi, it's Surrey Kay, compulsive overeater. Um, I am so grateful. I feel like I'm still today is day 81 for me, um, and I I feel like the 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 craving the you know the the just the the need to keep on eating and eating the sugar and all the different things that are triggers um, really has been lifted. I just recently, just last week, I went on vacation with my family, and um, in the past, like, it would have been just like a, you know, I would have blocked out those days and told myself, okay, so when I come back, I'll, I'll have to deal with the weight gain and, and, the, and the, you know, just start over again, and this time, instead, it was like, totally a non-issue we just we went away and I and I had my things and and it wasn't like I was able to enjoy my family so much more and it wasn't like in the past I was completely not able as much as I wanted to I could not control myself from all the things that were around and this time I was able to enjoy myself much more because I wasn't constantly thinking about what I'm going to get and what I'm going to have and I need to get that last thing when no one sees, and and I was just able to totally enjoy myself and be with my family um, fully, and um, and then I I didn't have to like deal with this, um, you know, I didn't have to like restart my diet again after my vacation and deal with the weight gain. Um, it was like a like a, a like almost impossible like just it was impossible not to gain the weight and eat the food that was around me in the past. I just, I could not as much as I wanted to. I couldn't, I couldn't control myself. And this time it was in front of me, there, I was serving it to my kids and I was totally, totally and completely fine with that. Um, 
So thank you so much. I'm really, every single day I learn more things, and um, I'm really, really, really so grateful um, to have this gift Time, given to me. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you so much, Suri Kay. Thank you to everyone who shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, August 24th, 7 a.m. meeting is 15,208. That's 15208. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Nancy P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, it's Nancy P. You can hear me, right? Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure I've been a lot of trouble lately. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own health is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and that events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit yourself and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will supply. You will surely meet some of us as you press the road to your destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.